Hi, I'm Dave Baggett. I'm the director of the Center for the Foundations of Ethics, previously called the Center for Moral Apologetics, at Houston Baptist University, which in this fraught cultural moment of eroding moral foundations exists to explore the ultimate questions about ethics. What explains intrinsic human value, for example, or what accounts for authoritative moral obligations or essential human equality or basic human rights? We aim to foster a community of scholars from an array of disciplines to delve into these questions with care and rigor. In the process, we hope to highlight the evidential significance of bedrock and axiomatic moral truths when it comes to matters of the human condition and ultimate reality. In June of 2022, we will be kicking off our certificate program in moral apologetics, a four-course sequence on the history of the moral argument, a course defending moral realism, a course defining and defending theistic ethics, and a course that reveals the shortcomings of secular ethical theories. So check it out on the HBU website and at our own website, moralapologetics.com. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of apologetics while taking truth into the arena of ideas. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your hosts, Brian Chilton and Curtis Evelo, as we enter into the arena of ideas. Coming to you from Ronan, Montana and Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, this is uh, the Bellator Christie Podcast. This is the uh, Summer Interview Series Season 1, uh, Episode 14, the grand finale of uh, the uh, Summer Interview Series, and we start with the Word of the Lord. This one comes uh, from John chapter 15, verse 12. It says, This is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, welcome back, everyone. We've been praying for you. We've been uh, hoping that you've been engaging and uh, saw maybe my article and Brian's article on the on the Bellator Christie website. Um, mine uh, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, there's uh, no pumpkin spice here. So, um, and and then the other one is is uh, Jesus's literacy level. Um, it's a really good read. Take it in. Let's look at it and and, and uh, really spend some time pondering the things that you read there. Um, that Brian wrote about it's it's a heck of a good article. Anyway, well, uh, your like article Brian was good too, there, Curtis. <laughs> man, that was a. I mean, it was short, but it was it was kind of like, man, I just want to encourage people, you know, just just get people to, you know, jump in and and uh, jump in with both feet, get into the scriptures and enjoy. So, what yeah. one person responded with <laughs> a, with the term "yummy," so I don't know if they were talking about uh, pumpkin spice or the. <laughs> <laughs> article or biblical hermeneutics or all of the above <laughs> man and i tell you what it's always you know, it's what happened here why why are we so focused on pumpkin spice man <laughs> but whatever <laughs> uh yeah yeah what a good time it was good stuff though i just wanted to encourage people to to get in and you know 
that's one thing that I think people don't know how to ask for help when it comes to reading the Bible. And Absolutely. I just want to encourage people come to the come come to the website. Come come and, and and email us or come and just search through the website and try to find some of the hermeneutic stuff that we've talked about or written about. And uh, maybe maybe along them lines, um, we can direct you in, into a into a place or maybe even a Bible study to even look at or or certain things. And and I just don't want people to get trapped in the weeds or or start out in Genesis and read Exodus and then be done by the time you get to Numbers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, just uh, just try to get people through it. You know. So anyway, we have the. Uh, like you said, the grand finale. It's the it's the season one, and then the the series uh, fourteen, the number fourteen on our on our stuff here. But yeah, I think why I, don't it's we supposed go to ahead be, and give a little bit of a. It's supposed to be E fourteen instead of S fourteen. I, I, I yeah, turned that wrong. Yeah, I meant yeah. <laughs> and then so, but I, why don't we go ahead and talk about give a little bit of the recap, and then let's give a format or a a plan for what we have planned for the for the next uh, season. Sure. Let, let me uh, let everybody know, um, the, the podcast has been in existence since, believe it or not, uh, ministry in some form or fashion has been in existence online since 2012. Uh, but in the current format, it's been in existence for uh, really four seasons since January of, of uh, 2017. And so one thing we found is that we've had so many podcasts and so so many you know um, podcasts we put on because Curtis, you've been with us two years now, um, or, or yeah. it will be two years coming up later part of this year. Um, what I'm finding is is there are sometimes t- uh, podcasts we want to share with people, but it's hard to, <laughs> to, to to direct them to them because we we put dates on them instead of. You know, season episodes. So, what we're going to start, just to let everybody know, we've got a couple announcements before we get into the recap. We're going to start a brand new setup uh, coming up next week, just as we did with the summer interview series. What, we, what you're going to see is uh, before the title of the podcast, it'll be S5E1. Season 5, Episode 1, and we'll continue that throughout the season. And our seasons will look like they'll probably go from October till May, and then we'll have our summer interview series uh, through the summer, and then we're going to take uh, the month of September off, and maybe even part of August, depending on how many interviews we have set up. But uh, but nonetheless, just so you know, if you don't hear any podcasts in September, know that we're, we're, pre- we're preparing for uh, the upcoming uh, season. I uh, also want to let you know about a couple of events uh, forthcoming. October 15th, I have the uh, distinct honor and privilege of being at the Good Reasons Conference in uh, West Frankfort, Illinois. It'll be 7.30. I'll be there at 7.30. Uh, that'll be Central Time, uh, 8.30 uh, 8.30 um, Eastern Time. And so I'll be speaking on NDEs. And uh, in fact, that's going to be what we're going to start off with with our new series. Also coming up, if you're in the Pofftown area of North Carolina, this is near the Winston-Salem area, October 24th through the 27th, I have the distinct honor and privilege of speaking at the Pofftown Baptist Church uh, there in Pofftown area. So we'd love to have you there. Uh, if you're in the area, either if you're West Frankfort, Illinois, October 15th, and actually that's going to be going the 14th through the 16th. They've got a lot of good speakers there, and uh, so that'll be coming up in West Frankfort, Illinois at, at First Christian Church. 
And then again, Pofftown Baptist Church, I'll be there uh, with the revival. So new setup, two events, looking forward to that, and a brand new season uh, beginning next week. So uh, that's a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) going forward to our recap, uh, we had uh, 13 episodes um, right. for, for our summer interview series. It was kind of a long series. We probably won't go as long next next uh, next season for the summer interview series. Uh, I've always said like something 8 to 12, maybe something like that. But we had a great yeah. series this, this uh, for the first season. Episode 1 began with our interview with Kevin Harris and the episode entitled Reason Rocks. And we were talking about a lot about his ministry. Uh, it was a fun episode. What were your thoughts about that episode, Curtis? Oh, that was that was good. And what was really cool is um, <laughs> seeing how laid back Kevin was, and how <laughs> yeah. you know what, he's the he's the front man to to um, William Lane Craig, and it kind of cracked me up because it's like you have mr laidback tie-dye t-shirt and and he had mr you know william lane craig that's that's uh a little more uh you know suit and tie it yeah. just cracked me up but but man that guy has a heart for people it just it, it it just it just makes me smile when i hear them in on their ministry when i hear when i actually hear their podcasts and i hear them talk now getting to to know or to see them and to be part of them and have a conversation, man, now you get to see who who that person is yeah. uh, on the other end of that podcast when you're doing that. Pretty cool. <laughs> and I also love the fact that you know, we were talking about his radio announcing voice and that he had he gave us a little preview of what yeah. his accent was like without it. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's pretty funny. <laughs> And so episodes two and three, this was a lot more technical. Uh, we were talking with uh, Dr. Zach Breitenbach uh, in Slipping Through the Cracks. And oh my Lord, uh, that was a great series there. But man, it was jam-packed with a ton of information. What, what were your thoughts on yeah. that interview? That was that was too much for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, um, there were some things that are like, you know, really made you, you know, just as you're listening to it and go back and check it over and you, and you start look thinking about things, it was, it was good information. Um, I think it's good to hear, um, different perspectives that maybe reach way, reach out further than where, um, I feel comfortable stepping. And mm-hmm. I think that's good because it stretches us a little. I agree with you. And one of the things I still think about and I, I'm still wrestling with is the whole issue, the debate he has with William Lane Craig about where Jesus was talking about uh, the the middle knowledge of those in Tyre and Sidon. If if the works had been done in Tyre and Sidon uh, that had been done in Israel, then they would have come to faith or uh, or something like that. So anyhow, I, I still wrestle with that. Was it metaphorical? Did he mean that literal? Huh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think you know, um, there's a lot of that there that um, winds up being. Um, how does that apply to our practical knowledge of the day to day? You know, yeah. and yeah, I understand that there's there's a lot to it, um, and and but 
if we get bogged down in the weeds too fast, too much, um, then we kind of miss the the seeing the glory, the glory. Oh, sure. Of God, you know, well, so, one of the areas yeah. for Molinism, I think that's that's really would be fascinating to find out. You know, as as we're coming from the Molinist Armenian side of things, is uh, you you know, kind of what was my what I. Th- found Breitenbach was talking about was was whether it was God's intention for all to be saved. Now, I hold that view. I think that it's God's desire that everyone would be saved, but because of the free will that he gives us, uh, he, he realizes that, that not everybody will. And so that's one of the, in the theological aspects, I think that's one of the little sticking points there. And um, But like I said, you know, as far as practicality, um, you know, it may not have a lot of practical impact on 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 Christian viewpoints, but uh, it is something to think through. I think it is something important to think through. But yeah, like you say, not something that we need to get bogged down on too much. So the fourth episode is with uh, Dr. Ronnie Campbell for "Love of God: An Invitation to Theology." This was a this was another fun podcast. What what did you think of this uh, this one? Well. I- Ronnie Campbell seems to me like I'd I'd enjoy to be in his class. Oh, he's a blast. You'd love him. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was good. I thought, you know, um, when we take an opportunity to do what um, Ronnie kind of brought out, um, when we take the opportunity to uh, absorb what God has already done for us, we really spend a lot of time just thinking and 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 being in awe over just the overall who is God and what is God and I think that's that's really kind of that's really where I left off at I I agree with you I, I it's and I think focusing on the love of God, that's, you know, what, what I'm finding Curtis is that, you know, I've heard people say well, we talk too much of the love of God I don't, you know, what I'm finding in talking with people who may not be in church and is is that I don't think we're talking enough of the love of God because there are a lot of people out there who they've never heard of Romans chapter 8. They've never heard of the last few verses of that. And by the way, on the revival, that's what I'm going to be going through the entire series, brand new series, going through nothing but the Romans chapter 8. And uh, mm. in, a, in a series called The Inseparable God. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm persuaded that maybe we don't talk enough about his love and grace and how he desires to see people saved. Right. And I think I think it's important um, to really be careful to not let that pendulum swing, you know, as as, you know, as far to one side or the other, because. When we and I've heard this, you know, when we talk about you know the fear of god when we when we're talking about fear of god you know when we hear that being said instantly everybody wants to jump on and say oh no no that just means you know reverence or respect or honor and stuff like that but if you read the 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 hebrew words there that actually are part of when they talk about fear when adam and eve sinned and and god and and god says adam where are you and he says i'm i'm hidden for i feared you that's a that's a that's a fear that's a that's a hey you said we would die if if we ate this and i'm fearing this right now i think there's a good 
there's a good point where we got to have a full encompassing view of God. Because yeah. he loves us, we should be fearful. Yeah, but on that, to, to, to push back a little bit, is I think that we as Christians don't have a problem talking about the fear of God. Right. Uh, because if there's anything we're good at... <laughs> it's talking about how God, you know, yep. fire, hellfire, brimstone. Uh, God's gonna, yep. God's gonna hold you under. He's gonna burn you up. I mean, we, we've had, we've, we're good at that. We're, we're very good at that. Mm-hmm. But what we're not good at is letting people know that no matter what you've done in your past, God's willing to forgive you for it. Because right. what right. I am finding in my experience, is that there are far more people who don't know that than there are people who fear that they may be burned up or they may be, you know, th- there are some people who have the viewpoint. Yep. And in fact, we may we may touch on this if we have time towards the end. There are uh, people who have the viewpoint that God's standing up there with a bolt of lightning that if they step out of line, he's going to fry them, you know, just for thinking oh, a yeah. bad thought, you know. And I'd like yeah. to say that's the exception, but I'm finding that to be far more no. common than what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you talk to people, when you ask them, "Hey, why don't you come to church?" and it's, "Oh no, because if I don the if I don the doorsteps of that church, man, it's going to burn down, or it's lightning's yeah. going to strike." And you know, it's like, but we got to understand, and, and I and I really, really hope that my heart kind of comes across here as being pointed out is. To have a proper respect and honor of of God, but also have a fear of 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 God, but also know that because of His love, we fear hurting that relationship. You know, and and so all of that encompassed together really gives us this awe and wonder, and just to just the I can't believe God actually has chosen me to be part of His kingdom. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, it's that I, kind of mindset. I, I agree with you. you. You know, having that PhD mindset, I've got to look at all the options. So, <laughs> I'm not saying that's what you were saying. I'm just saying, you know, to be. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not in Montana. I feel Curtis would probably throw something yeah. at me right now. But, <laughs> but we're going to good come stuff. back to that because I want to talk about a uh, in in one of our one of our final uh, points. Um, about these four different viewpoints people have about God, and I want to bring that up as we go through. So let, let's let's put a pin on that right quick, or a bookmark there. We'll come back to that. So episode five, this is where we talked with Dr. Leo Purser about the new perspective of Paul, or on Paul. A very fascinating topic, a wide uh, realm uh, here when we talk about the new perspective one of the things for me that I that I took from his class, because I had him on, on a class of this very topic, or on this very topic, one of the things that stood out to me is the importance of looking at Scripture in its proper context and looking at it with keeping in the mindset that, uh, that, that Jesus and the early apostles, they were Jewish. And so what did you take from this podcast? You know, this is one of those things when, when Dr. Purser, he says, you know, he says the title of this is The New Perspective, and he says, actually, it's not really new. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> being stirred back up again. Right. And, and, you know, talking about reminding people that the author, the author's intent 
of who the audience that he's speaking to, the culture that they're in, they were all steeped in such a rich, deep Jewish culture, and understanding that, knowing knowing how to understand that, helps us see the scriptures in such a way that we can't miss some of those what I what I've been taught to be called called types and shadows. Absolutely, you know the things that we see. We see in there, there's trigger words, there's types, there's these shadows, there's these things that, that pop up that actually bring forth a deeper meaning of what that actually um, may have been being written at that time. We can read it, but there's a depth that goes to it. And also the whole perspective of the uh, Second Temple Judaism you know the mindset, the thought processes that we're going through. You know we, and that's something that's come out in my dissertation. Is is, uh, and I won't really go into it on the podcast, but putting ourselves back in the perspective of of individuals in a an oral slash written culture, because Israel they were people of the book. I, I I think that while the literacy rates weren't as high as they are now, I still think that there there was training for for uh, some individuals to read scriptures, at least on some level. But n- nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, putting ourselves back in the mindset of the people of that time in, in which the scriptures were written, I think is critically important. And I'll be honest, I, I'm not saying this because Dr. Purser is my dissertation chair. That was a podcast that I thoroughly enjoyed. So episode six, we had Dr. T.J. Gentry, newest member uh, to the Bellator Christie team. He talked about his book, Pulpit Apologetics. What did you think about this podcast? Well, I don't want to sound like I have favorites, but this was my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Riot, man. He was a hoot. He just cracked me up. I apologize. I have something dinging back in the background. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, I think this. we're going to come back to this because uh, we've got a couple talking points uh, that we'll come back to this here in just a few moments. But we also had Episode 7 with uh, Dr. Tim Stratton, Human Freedom, Divine Knowledge, and Mere Molinism, uh, a book from his dissertation studies. What were your thoughts about this one? Well... I love Tim Stratton, and I love the fact that he's a he's a hard rocker and and <laughs> and a theologian at the same time. It blows me away. I mean, it, it's it's just like wow, man. His his brain is on two different ends, man. He's a left <laughs> brain and a right brain. It's just crazy to me. I love it because I'm a I'm a I love I love being a you know as much of a musician as I can be. You know, I love I love drumming and and uh, and just being hearing him talk and and the depth that he goes to defend the molinistic view is powerful powerful stuff and i and i left that podcast with the mindset that there are really good reasons and not only with with uh with stratton but also with breitenbach there are really good reasons for accepting the molinist perspective i mean even if you don't even yeah. if you don't accept it at uh, the position you know, I don't think you can toss it off as a heresy, or you can toss it off as being uh, something that's non-biblical, because there are biblical reasons for holding to this perspective. No, yeah, absolutely, and and like you and I have talked in the past, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Exactly. If, you know, and I think I think 
Stratton and and all of these guys that are really putting forth the effort to actually show that this can be viable, biblically viable, and show us the path of how to get there in and out of it and so on and so forth, man, it, it, it allows us to it allows us to really see the glory of God in so many different ways. Absolutely. Our eighth episode needs no commentary. Uh, this was uh, uh, one we did on the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. We've talked about that book quite a bit here on the podcast, so no need to rehash that. I think that was the episode that we did in place of our interview with uh, Mike Heiser. Amanda, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that or Amanda Burke. Yeah, because I think we had another episode we had to do in place, but we didn't list it with the series. But yeah, we did this one in place of Mike Heiser. Unfortunately, he had some health issues that uh, disallowed him from coming on the podcast. And so um, yeah. so hopefully, maybe next season, maybe we, we can try to get him back on. We'll see what happens there. Our ninth episode was with uh, Ben Whittington, Free Will, Consciousness, and the Demise of Materialism. Any thoughts or comments on this one? Yeah, you know, I just think that um, he, the way he helped us parse through some of that really, I thought, I thought once you once you start thinking about free will, human free will, and how it applies to everyday structure and everyday things, and then you apply it spiritually, and you can't miss it. I don't think. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you, and I and I left that podcast with uh, with the idea that uh, you know materialism <laughs> is is on life support right now. Uh, well, yeah, that's it's just like um, it's just like I heard on uh, Dr. Michael Brown today. Um, they have a uh, Eric Metaxas is coming out with a new book. It's called um, uh, "Is Atheism Dead?" Mm. and I instantly thought of this podcast when I heard that because exactly what you talked about, materialism really is starting to have really some some big holes punched in it because there is no basis. I won't get into the, the moral part of it because that's our last podcast we did was the moral argument, but whoo, boy, um, yeah, there's some big stuff there that's being left open. Most certainly. Episode 10 we had with, uh, with Dr. Brian Melton, The Rack Turn Method. This was another fun podcast. Yeah, I had a great time with him. Oh, my goodness. He made me laugh so many different <laughs> times. Yeah, it's good stuff. Talk about just really witty and sharp, you know, just uh, just sharp, just quick-witted. Uh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, it, and his book is it, it, his book really spoke a lot of truths. I mean, once once you read it and you start understanding where he was going with this, it's like, wow, man! It's not just you know. I mean, you look at these higher education places that even that aren't that don't have uh, um, sort of called a uh, even a Christian name or backing or or any sort of more secular in their thought man oh man oh man some of the stuff that he has in that book really sticks out to me and we got to be careful i think we've got to be very careful 
you know, I'm starting a philosophy program at Biola next uh, semester. Uh, got get ev- got everything ready to go for next semester, but we've got to be really careful not to do away with philosophy uh, because our philosophy oh, programs are extremely important. We've got to know how to think through things. So, so for instance, you know, someone asked me a question. They asked me to watch a video not long ago and give my thoughts on it. And what I did is I I took the the main message of the video and I gave I put it in a syllogism. And the person said, how'd you do that? <laughs> Thinking, well, I've had a little philosophy training, you know. So, I mean, it comes in handy. And it helps you really to be able to look through and parse through arguments and to see whether a person's argument is valid or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you you put it into play. You know, you say, okay, if this if this is actually true, then this. And if this is this, then this this holds solidly. But... If this doesn't match to this, then it it's not going to have any basis. Exactly. And then episode eleven, we had on uh, Manuel Boglio. Uh, he's in a PhD in philosophy and apologetics. He's in the same shape I'm in. He's in the dissertation phase. He, we talked about reaching rule and unreached areas with apologetics. This was another fun podcast. Yeah, I had a good time with him, and you know when he started kind of talking about his um his ministry name in spanish i'm like man i'd like to hear him just kind of <laughs> just rattle off some scripture in spanish because my word can that guy is he fast he can he's quick-witted and and just smart as a whip i loved i loved having a conversation with him and i had to i'll be honest i had to get him to spell out the ministry again and even get share the link to the website because he said it so fast that I wasn't sure exactly how you spell it. <laughs> so yeah. we wanted to definitely advertise his ministry on the podcast. Yeah. And then, well, and I look forward to, you know, maybe somewhere down the road, you know, us being able to, you know, maybe go on his and, and him yeah. come back on ours again, you know, and kind of share that in into that world because, man, some of the stuff that he was talking about, man, they just they just need some apologetic support down there. And, you know, there's a lot of areas that do. Uh, there's a lot of areas that do. And so, yeah, we, we need a team together, most certainly. Uh, episode 12 was, again, with Dr. Ronnie Campbell, another good podcast, Worldviews and the Problem of Evil. This one was fascinating. His book is very good. I highly recommend it to to, uh, to anyone and everyone. It's by the same name, Worldviews and the Problem of Evil. Uh, this was another great podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I kept... He, I kept thinking, I kept wanting in my own brain to put everything into this, you know, a picture of a paradigm. But he kept correcting me and making me really think about how a worldview is more of not just a paradigm, but it's actually what you live in and what you live out of. And I yeah. think that was that was something really good to get really um, set down into a base. For mm-hmm. me to be able to stand from, absolutely. And and the thing to remember is that everyone, no matter who you are, everyone has a worldview. The question yep. is, does the worldview stand or not? And that's and there you yep. is where you got to go into the philosophical theological aspect. And yep. the last one, a man I dearly love and cherish. He and his wife both. 
Dr. David Baggett. In fact, uh, we are, for the next few weeks, going to start the podcast off with the ad that he recorded for the Center for the Foundations of Ethics. We'll eventually move that towards the end of the podcast, uh, but for the first uh, few weeks, we want to we air it at the first to make sure everybody hears it. Uh, but we were talking about moral apologetics, and let me tell you, folks, we just covered just the we just trimmed the very corner of a huge glacier when we talk about moral apologetics and on that podcast what were your thoughts and we'll come back to this podcast in a few moments yeah we'll come back to this i just i i loved how dr baggett was was uh so matter of fact with without the moral apologetics without morals without without being able to defend the moral um moral philosophy just even any of that you you have no you really have no basis to form even like the podcast before you have no basis to form a worldview on mm-hmm. you really don't. very true wonderful podcast you know we're going to come back to this podcast because we've we've looked through these and we we chose what four four podcasts to really go back and have some deeper discussions on. And so the first one was going back to what you deemed your favorite podcast, Pulpit Apologetics. So you had a couple talking points from there. Yeah, um, the Pulpit Apologetics, um, I'll be honest with you, with with Dr. Gentry, he was, it the way he really presented it, um, and I think it's very important that we have, you know, having pastors rooted in apologetics can affect or affects the congregation in so many different ways that that it actually is mind-boggling when when we look at it that way. And and the way he was the way he was really talking about it, Brian, was every every time that pastor gets up there and he's and he's talking um, preaching it and teaching the people, he's actually teaching them how to defend what they know, how mm-hmm. to defend Scripture. He's actually showing them pathways. He's showing them how to. He's showing them all of these things, not just tying it together um, by word. Also, like a good pastor could do, is tie it together with emotion. Once you tie those together like that, I, I really feel that that's a that that's a really good good way to have pastors trained up in i I agree and and as as has he mentioned i believe it was tj was mentioning that that apologetics is unavoidable and and i think maybe even um uh campbell may have mentioned this too if you're going to do evangelism these days you've got to have some grounding in apologetics it's unavoidable oh yeah but i think even with even with our everyday living if you have a foundation that's built upon a biblical worldview and you can defend that worldview, when you're met with crises, and in pastoral ministry you're going to be met with crises, you're going to, you're going to help other people through their crises. When you're met with those crises, you have a much sturdier foundation to stand upon than those who've never given thought. And that's why I think some people... 
I think that's why we have such bad theology in America today. There's so many people who have this mindset that God owes them something, and that if something bad happens, that somehow God has failed them. But I think having a a, a an apologetic, a theological apologetic built and grounded upon the truth claims of Scripture, knowing the evidence for the resurrection, knowing that God exists and why we believe it, knowing the promise of an afterlife, it sure does ground us a lot better than this whimsical faith that, that so many people posit. Well, and, and the other thing that I find, Brian, is that when a pastor is really rooted and knows his apologetics, right, and knows the reasons why and so on and so forth and really has a good grasp on on a wide variety of it, his preaching changes. Oh, absolutely. Because he can, he can actually dip into those things that might be a little bit, you could say, sketchy or scary for pastors to dip into, but he's able to do that and take his, take his congregation with them but then show them that because we believe in these things, because we know this for truth, we can actually look at this and say, "Is this true? Is mm-hmm. this real?" Absolutely. And I think it. I think it builds faith. The one thing that you know, like you were talking about, um, if you're going to do in evangelism, I honestly think presuppositional evangelism or presuppositional apologetics is kind of going by the wayside. It yeah. doesn't, you, you know. Go ahead. <laughs> you gonna get me started, aren't you? <laughs> well, well, you know, but you, but, you, you, you gonna know, open up that can of worms? Because, should we even <laughs> say it that that is root? How do you say root, rooted? I can't say it the way you do. <laughs> Root, rooted. Uh, well, you want me to say it like you, southerner? Rooted. <laughs> Uh, man, you got me. I forgot now. What, oh, yeah, yeah. The big C word, Calvinism. <laughs> Presupposition, presuppositionalism is really rooted, rooted in uh, in Calvinism, and uh, th- that's where I think you find it. I can't say it the way you do. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, though, also, um, you know, like you were saying, it really helps them. Uh, this also, you know, having them rooted in that, uh, in the in the apologetics, really helps them ward off, you know, defend off anything that can come as a distraction um, to the congregation. So yeah. they can actually, you could say, sniff it out easier, you know, kind of like a guard dog, like they're supposed to be, you know. So often, yeah, and so many times when you're talking to people, in fact, we've been listening. You and not, you've you've got me hooked on uh, Light and Flowers podcast. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've really been listening to his podcast now, which is really good if you, if you, Soteriology 101. And he was talking about, uh, conversations he's had where people throw out red herrings to get you off the scent of, you know, the topic at hand. Or, but, you know, the devil's doing that to us now, too, I believe. He's mm. throwing so many distractions our way. And I think you got a point here that, that having a theology built and grounded in scripture, knowing what we believe, through, i.e., the pulpit apologetics, uh, can help us be centered on the mission that God has for us. I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we yeah, move... And then, uh, yeah, I was just going to say that then, then you have the ability to actually um, act upon 
protecting the sheep. Absolutely. So yep. we move from here to the uh, to the podcast on reaching rural and unser- underserved areas, and you're mentioning having a having a base in apologetics can help you break down can help us break down barriers. Um, how do you see this happening? Well, you know, um, so you have people that may have. Um, when you're when you're um, trying to reach people or reach like like uh, Manuel was talking about, you know, going out and talking to the unsaved or to the lost. When he goes out and talks to them, they may throw up this um, uh, word phrase or these um, quaint little sayings that they may have um, may have used in the past and it, it it may have worked to somebody else that may not have been um really solid in apologetics then all of a sudden because that's how he came to faith if you mm-hmm. think about it you know um when they throw up these these little quaint little things that maybe maybe throw you off the you know so so on and so forth you know they just kind of you don't know um how can i say it you don't they normally can get away with just saying this certain phrase and it shuts everybody down. Mm. Where if you have a basis in apologetics, you can sniff that out and be like, okay, and then you can step with, you can use tactics, you could use whatever method it is to pull that answer out of them and then get back on the track. And I think that's, I think that's really, I mean, you watch Frank Turk and a lot of his, um, YouTube stuff and that guy is so whip smart and just he's got such a good loving heart for people he actually engages with people that are very very hard to deal with and he he does it in such a way that he's able to bring them along okay let's okay now we're here let's let's move to this point and and lets them answer their own question essentially Real nice guy. I actually went to a national conference on Christian apologetics and took an elevator up. The church where they have it is so big that it has elevators. And actually found myself in the same elevator as Frank Turek. We, we shared an elevator <laughs> together. He's a nice guy. He's a really good guy. I think a lot of Frank. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really like the second point you brought up here about having a basic understanding can help build confidence in conversations with the unsaved. I think this is huge, and I think one of the biggest reasons why it is so so big is that um, and so important is the fact that when we don't have answers, we quickly become irritable, we quickly become hostile in our engagement with, with mm-hmm. the other person, and we lose our temper. And that's not what you want to do. You know, <laughs> don't want to do that at all. That's the last thing you want to do. Having a, a good understanding of, of what the Bible teaches and why we believe it uh, can help us uh, be prepared for any objections that we may uh, that we may find. And, and doing apologetics as long as I have, I, I found the same thing that other people have mentioned that most objections are very similar. You know that they they're following several uh, a few major categories. You know over time, and so once you can recognize the patterns. Listen to the person, help the person through their issues, but it kind of gives you a better understanding where they're maybe coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it. it uh, uh, there was a ministry leader that I won't mention who it was, but they they always said, "Find the question." There's a questioner, mm-hmm. 
And I always took that to heart and just was like, okay, if we if we look at these things as we understand as as pastorally as we can, pastoral heart as we can, and we see that behind these 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 uh, either objections or questions that there's somebody behind there that God that God loves that Jesus died absolutely. For. Yep. And and that's that's the point I was trying to bring up earlier. And, and again, we'll we'll come back to this this issue about the love of God. There's so many people out there who don't realize that God loves them. And and when the and mm-hmm. when we when we we need to have that approach. Yes, as you were mentioning, have that healthy fear of God. But the same on the same token, understand that behind every person is a person that God loves. And that really changes the way we view not only God but the way we view people as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, looking at the the episode on moral apologetics, uh, we know here that the uh, the understanding moral apologetics helps pinpoint and even direct the conversation. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I thought I thought you know when when you. When you have a conversation with somebody, um, and, I, and I brought this up when we were having that discussion with Dr. Baggett about when you have a discussion with uh, with somebody about um, about the morals, you can almost it's almost like you get to take that um, fast track exit ramp right to <laughs> right to where where'd we get that moral from? I mean, it, there's just it's almost. It's almost like the cosmological argument or the cosmological side, only I feel it's even stronger because everybody has a moral. Absolutely. And and, and so you can direct right to that and bring it. I'm not saying that we're going to be able to to get them right to the cross of Jesus and then talk about Jesus with morals, but at least we can we can already move past the the uh, materialistic view of it because we can get right to a, a, a maker even, even if you don't get them all the way home you can at least get them to second and third base i think you, you get them get thinking yeah, yeah you, you can get them really close i was going to say even in the same ballpark but i think if you're you know looking at getting if, if home base is getting pers- a person to the cross i think you're at least getting them to second or third base with the moral apologetics mm-hmm. argument right Yep. And so, dis- and that's kind of what my next one was. Yeah. So, discussions in or about the moral argument can fast track directly to God and even Jesus. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and then this, and then C, um, abduct- abductive approach illustrates the importance of listening. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things I take from the abductive approach is that. And again, we were talking about this before the podcast. So often we look for, as, as Dr. Baggett was talking about, that slam-dunk argument. And, and, I, and I found it interesting, to, to hit the pause button here, I found it interesting that Dr. Baggett was open for both deductive and, de- and ab- abductive arguments. So he, he's, he's not drawing a line saying you should go this way or the other. But he did come back to unpause to come back to say that abductive approach builds conversations and helps conversations a lot more, and and it keeps the dialogue going. And in my encounters and experience, I think he's absolutely right that that you're probably not going to have that slam dunk argument for for every person because every person's different. 
but we have such a huge repertoire in in the apologetics argument that we can we can pull from so many different areas that the abductive approach really builds harmony in our conversation and so it's not really drawing that line in the sand saying you've got to cross this line with this particular argument but it's drawing them closer to relationship and i think he's got a great point about the benefits of the abductive approach well i don't know if you if you picked up on it like i did but what it also does is it creates a dialogue between yes. people you Absolutely. know and so it's not just one-sided it's it's a actual okay if this then this and you start and you start having a conversation with people and like i like i said when we were when we were talking with him you can walk away from that knowing that you've you might not have got him you know all the way to the cross let's just say that right we have we didn't get him to 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 um proclaim jesus as their lord and savior and to and to actually turn to him and so on and so forth but maybe we gave them enough to think about that they're what they're holding on to may have some some sand in the in the you know in their glass it might be leaving them pretty quick absolutely and so as we look at all three we 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 can see how having these apologetic skills help in our discipleship evangelism and defense of christianity and I would I would say here along with you Curtis that I I don't think you know, I think uh, Campbell said this as well I don't think it's possible to do evangelism without some sense of a, of apologetics in, to some degree because I've I've seen this come up in some of my conversations with people as of late uh, especially especially the problem of evil theodicy. Uh, and coming back to a moral argument, uh, this, in fact, I find myself coming back to the moral argument far more in interactions with people than I ever have envisioned that I would. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he said in class yeah. that, that let, let me add this. I don't think he said it on the podcast, but he said it in class that the moral the moral apologetics is the positive side and is a positive argument for God's existence. And the problem of evil, you can make a negative uh, apologetic, still arguing for the existence of God. You go about it a different route, but moral apologetics is on the positive side. The problem of evil is on the negative side. Well, and either way you look at it, every worldview has to deal with the problem of evil. So so every every thought process of, of any any religion out there has to deal with the problem of evil. Yeah, and that's what Campbell was talking about in his... In in Christianity. That, y- yeah. Because that's yeah. one of the things he brought up in the podcast on worldviews, is that every single worldview must deal with the problem of evil. Every single one. And I had a conversation with a guy not long ago who came from more of an atheistic perspective. And in fact, I had a conversation with someone just today on this issue who wasn't an atheist. And we were talking about the hope of eternity, the hope of heaven. What do you have with the atheistic worldview? You have nothing. Yep. It's a, it's, it's, yep. It really doesn't answer any of the problems you, you have with the problem of evil. In fact, it just exacerbates the problem and makes it ten times worse. Yeah, because then there's no purpose. There's no purpose whatsoever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So then it becomes down to almost, almost uh, when you're in that kind of situation like that, then it becomes almost a Pascal's wager. You know. Yeah. You know. 
So, yeah. And then, and then I would agree here too. You have it must be rooted in a good working knowledge of the scriptures. But I would also add here. I think I think everybody needs to have a good working knowledge, primarily, primary primacy of scriptures. Let me just say that number one need to have a good working knowledge of scriptures. But secondly, I think you need to have a good working knowledge of of history and philosophy too, because sometimes the way we may interpret scripture. If, if we don't have a good understanding of, of the background and what's going on, then we may miss a few things there as well. So, But yes, primacy, mm-hmm. the primacy is found in scriptures. We need to have a good working knowledge there. Could you also add in on that, Brian? Would it be wrong to add in a good working knowledge of human nature? I think that would... I think from the scriptures, if you build a... This is why I think systematic theology is so important. Because if you see the overall depiction, what the Bible gives to us, and you can't find this in just one Bible verse, but if you look at the overall teaching of Scripture, then you begin to understand the nature of humanity. You begin to understand the nature of God. You begin to understand God's purpose with creation. And you really begin to see these big picture items that you, that one passage of Scripture can't show, but the totality of Scripture when taken together reveals in a, in a vivid display. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think that's why we, we, as we've mentioned many times before, that's why we've got to be careful with taking one verse out of context because we may be trying to make it say something that it was never intended to say. Right. Yeah, and I was actually watching um, a Dr. Heiser video just, just the other day, and he said, you know, he said, even he was trained up to, to look at, you know, Scripture, the idea of getting context, right? But he says what we need to do is actually put an S on, on the end of that word. So context. Mm-hmm. Because not just the verse before or verse after, but it's also the the whole picture that's being painted within the Scriptures right then and there, finding the thread that that is going through it, and then trying to put that all together as you're reading that that scripture, and I thought what he said was really good, and I think he even had it on uh, on uh, one of his posts on Facebook. I think it said um, it's far more important to understand the scripture than it is to memorize a verse. Yeah, and I, I would be careful there. I think that. Um, I'm not disagreeing with him, but I think that we need to be careful that we that we that we don't toss aside. Um, as you had mentioned before, so many times the pendulum swings from one side to the other. I think we have to be careful yep. not to mem- not to get to the place that we say I don't need to memorize scripture at all, uh, because I do right. think scripture memorization is important. But I think it is very critically important to understand the context. Of scripture, and I think that it's very important to understand the systematic, um, total overall theme of scripture. Um, I think it's important to understand the genres of literature that's out there. Um, it's, it's been given that's been getting some pushback from some circles, but but I think that that helps you understand what's being communicated and how. And so, anyhow, uh, that, that we could go down several yeah. different rabbit trails with that one, but but there yeah. are there is a large overall story being told from Genesis to Revelation, 
And I think it's important that we understand that scripture and the, all the different themes going along with that primary that primary story. Yeah, 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 totally. And one other thing that, that I was going to say is what I have actually shifted my memorizing verses to doing is to basically use it as the address for a thought or an address yeah. for a, 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 a larger picture. So I'll use those scriptures um, memorizing, you know, First Corinthians 5, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, boom, it, it gives me a larger picture of what Paul was doing, who the Corinthians were, you know, what was going on in that time period. And it just, it helped me basically settle into that part of the Bible. Yeah, and there are, again, you know, and this isn't a slam. This isn't anything against Michael Heiser when I say this, but I think we have to be careful because we live in a very black and white society where we say either or. Yeah. Um, I think we have to be careful with that type of thinking because I think it's a both and. I think we definitely need to understand the context of Scripture, but we definitely need to memorize Scripture as well and make it a part of our hearts, make it a part of who we are. So I don't th- really think it's an either-or thing there. Um, I think it's really a both-and. But how's that for a rabbit trail? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> And so the, then we conclude with uh, a recap on the uh, – Campbell miniseries. We had two podcasts with Ronnie Campbell. And so uh, one of the things as we talked about, uh, as he talked about, the importance of understanding a worldview. Mm-hmm. And so what what did you gather from that? I think, like I said, I, I, I kept wanting to make him, you know, kind of, I kept wanting to put it into a paradigm when it actually the worldview actually then becomes the basis from what you can look at paradigms in, you know? And I think that was, I think that was important when he said that to me, I was like, well, now I get it. Now I understand. I think everybody has a worldview and it's that lens that a lot of people use, um, to live their life, to make their judgments, to, to live within where, where they're at in themselves. Dr. Stephen Jordan, he's a recent graduate uh, in the same program I'm in. He, he teaches at Liberty Christian Academy, uh, which is a high school. I think it may have elementary school uh, grades there too, mm-hmm. but it's uh, real close to Liberty University. In fact, it's, it's run by the same organization. But anyhow, um, he had something he did uh, for a young lady. There was a young lady who uh, who was colorblind in his class, and he he and the and, and, and the school got together and they bought her a very expensive pair of glasses that would allow her to see colors as they are. And he made the point really? that that our worldview is kind of like wearing putting on a pair of glasses. It's how we see everything around us. And I think that's a very good illustration. And he even talked about how you know she, he he used her as an as an illustration, saying that you know she had seen things a certain way, but when she put the glasses on she could see the colors as they actually were. And in many ways, building a biblical worldview is the same, is the same way. Now, l- we, we saved this a while ago. I want to come back to this because we were talking about the views of God. And I, and I yeah. want to end the podcast on this because as we've been talking about worldviews and we've been talking about things of this nature, I think it's important to bring out this research. There is a, um, 
book, and I can't remember the authors, but it's entitled America's Four Gods. And these two researchers went across America, and they discovered that uh, people in America have four ways of viewing God. And they listed it uh, by A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D. Each, each of the letters, each of the words start with A, B, C, or D. The first view... The first view is the authoritarian viewpoint. Now, now the first two viewpoints are, are views where people believe that God is very near and interactive with us. So the authoritarian viewpoint views God as a judgmental God, kind of a God who stands above us with a lightning bolt in hand waiting for us to, to fry us if we have a bad thought or do a bad action. There's not a lot of love in this, in this viewpoint of God, it's a very fearsome, intense God ready to judge us and smite us at the moment we, we uh, do something wrong. There's also the benevolent view of God. Um, if the authoritarian view of God is viewed as the uh, legalistic version of God, then the benevolent view of God would be listed as the liberal view of God because this is a loving God who who doesn't have any accountability. He doesn't hold anyone accountable for anything. He, um, he, he you know, you live your best life, but there's, there's, there's uh, no right or wrong. There's no um, such thing as sin in this viewpoint. It's a very footloose, fancy-free type of God, okay? C, C and D are very distant views of God. These viewpoints are, are um, the viewpoints that says that God does not have any interaction with the world whatsoever. The critical view of God would be uh, something more along the lines of deism. And some people may even say that, uh, that this may be the, the, the Muslim perception of God or conception of God that God is doesn't do anything here on this world he, he may if he does anything it's very few very rare but what he'll do is at the end of it all he'll judge you for the things you do and after everything said and done but there's no interaction in the world now it's a very critical view of God not in the good sense and then D is a distant view of God. This is kind of more of a universalist viewpoint, that God doesn't do anything with the world, and by the end of it, he's just going to let everybody in, and so that's, that's it. What they found is that all four views are wrong. <laughs> all four viewpoints of God are wrong. They're not biblically based because we know that God is interactive with the world, we do know that God is love. We know that He loves every single person. It's God's desire for every person to go to heaven. It's, it's, it's His desire for that to happen. But we also do know that God has a set of morals and codes of ethics that He uh, that He judges and he, that, that he and He expects us to to live moral lives. And so it's. Um, it's, it's interesting as we as we look at these worldviews and look at the ways that people have built these worldviews, how many times we haven't built a biblical perception of God or conception of God, but we've we've taken something that we want to focus on and we've we've drilled that part while neglecting the other aspect of God. So in other words, God is presented in the Bible as being both the absolute good he is he is love he is light there is no darkness in him found but he's also called holy and just and righteous so there's and he's a near. and he's very near to us 
Mm-hmm. And so he's he's called a uh, he's a friend that sticks closer than mm. a brother. The Bible tells us. Mm. In fact, Psalm one thirty nine, the psalmist. Yeah. I read this passage of scripture all the time. That there's nowhere we can go that God's not already there, and that's yeah. an amazing thing to consider. And yeah. so, Oof. so th- th- that's one thing I think that we need to take into consideration as we build these worldviews, as we. Um, Look at apologetics. We look at these these viewpoints, and this goes back to what you were saying a while ago, Curtis. That we need to have a good grounding in Scripture. Uh, we need to, to look at the the Scripture's portrayal of God, because if we believe that the Scripture is the Word, small W from the Word, big W, then we know that it's the revelation of God given to us. Mm. Yeah. I'm ready to Powerful preach. Powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you haven't been behind the pulpit long enough. I know, man. I'm <laughs> chomping at the bit. Bless their hearts. I may be there for an hour, but that's how we can talk. <laughs> boy. Yeah. Well, there it is, folks. We just wrapped up the the uh, the summer interview series. Um, I hope you found that uh, found one of them in there that uh, blessed you and, and maybe helped you uh, dig in a little deeper. And if you do have questions, don't feel free. Just uh, feel free to, to email in to us and, and uh, correspond with us, and we'll be glad to visit with you about that. But we here at Bellator Christie want to thank you for spending time together with us, and we value that time. Our prayer is that this podcast helps stretch your mind and is a place to strengthen your faith as we strive to create an atmosphere of discussion and as a reliable source of information. Join us next time on the Bellator Christie Podcast. Until next time, Brian and I say, So long, friends. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christi Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi Podcast and BellatorChristi.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Hello everyone, this is Brian Chilton from the Bellator Christie Podcast, and we're excited to announce to you that we begin our fifth season starting October 17th. We have a a number of interesting podcasts coming up throughout the year, and we're going to hope you join us for these exciting discussions. Beginning October 17th, we have a three-part series discussing near-death experiences. Can we accept them as part of our Christian theological system? Or are near-death experiences something as found in the occult or new age? We'll discuss this coming up in October. 
In November, we're going to have a series of interviews with Amanda Burke, Tim Stratton, and Dr. Brian Melton. In December, we have a series discussing finding the incarnation in the Old Testament. We're going to look at various Old Testament passages of Scripture and see how they relate to the incarnation of Christ. In January and February, we start off with a bang with a series on Christology. And so we're going to have some exciting discussions discussing who Jesus is and what he came to do. In March, we're going to have a Bible study in the book of 1 Peter. That's coming up in March. In April, we're going to look at Messianic prophecies again. This time, how they relate to the resurrection of Jesus. That's coming up April of 2022. In May, we have a series of individual standalone podcasts in preparation for the second season of our summer interview series found in June through August of 2022. We hope you join us as we take this journey together, and we hope that you'll come aboard and join us for the fifth season of the Bellator Christie podcast, which can be heard at bellatorchristie.com and found anywhere where podcasts are heard. Again, this is Brian Chilton. We hope you come join us for this exciting ride for the fifth season of the Bellator Christie Podcast. Do you have a question about the Bible, theology, or apologetics that you've always wanted to ask but never felt comfortable asking? If so, we want to encourage you to head over to bellatorchristie.com and submit your question on the Submit a Question link. Your question will be reviewed and may be featured on a future article or podcast. Remember, the only dumb question is the one unasked. So go over to bellatorchristie.com now and submit your question.